0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: It's usually a time of prayer, fasting and eventually celebration. But this year, the holy Muslim month of Ramadan is being overshadowed by the Israel-Gaza war. In Australia, anger at the ongoing conflict has now sparked a boycott with Muslim community groups pulling out of an annual dinner with the Victorian Premier. It comes amid a grassroots campaign calling for a boycott of the event, citing inaction and a dismissive response from the Labor Party to community concerns. Adal Salman is the President of the Islamic Council of Victoria. He joined me a short time ago.
0: Good morning, Patricia. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. you you've written to the Victorian Premier asking for this year's Iftar dinner to be cancelled. Why?
0: Look, fundamentally, it's because we, we, just, we just did not feel it was appropriate to hold uh, a gala event, um, a major event like the Premier Iftar has been, and, and will no doubt continue to be in the future, uh, given the circumstances, given the, the, the trauma that we feel in the Muslim community about what's happening to uh, the Palestinians in Gaza, um, and out of respect, I think, for their suffering and acknowledgement of their suffering, we felt it was more appropriate for the Premier iftar to be cancelled this year. Yeah.
1: After you wrote to the Premier, there was a broader grassroots push for a boycott of the event with a letter being circulated. What is the feeling in the community that tapped into that?
0: Um, look, very strong sentiment. I mean, look, as a big body, I mean, it, the community does, does take its cues from the ICV on things like this. And so I think the community is basically saying, look, we support the ICV's position. We also won't be attending the iftar. Um, and you've seen this, you know, um, Really strong grassroots campaign, basically saying to the government, "We won't be attending." And I think it has very broad, from my understanding, it has very broad support.
1: I just want to challenge you on on the value of pulling out. Isn't it at a time like this that you'd want their ear, that you'd want to be in that room?
0: Uh, well, PK, we we are um, constantly in the government's ear. I mean, there is so many conversations meetings um, you know we've conveyed our, our feelings and our sentiments to the government uh, many 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 occasions over the last few months um, and we continue to do so I, even in the in the last you know few days i've had conversations with uh government mi- uh ministers advisors conveying our, our feelings um so we don't need any additional opportunities i think the opportunities are there we will take them and we certainly want to continue that discussion with government But we just didn't feel it was appropriate to have an event like this, given all the circumstances. And we were very respectful. You know, we just conveyed it in in that sense, and we we were hoping the government would take our advice. And not only our advice, I think they've heard the same advice from many of their, I think, trusted people uh, as well, both within government and outside of government, pretty much saying the same thing.
1: The community letter circulated on this makes clear Australia's foreign policy is a central concern for many. But earlier this month, the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, issued a joint statement with Canada and New Zealand urging the Israeli government not to launch an offensive in Rafa and calling for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. D- hasn't that shifted your view of the government on this?
0: Look, that's certainly a, a step in the right direction, but it's it's come too little and, uh, sorry, too late. And, and to be honest, it hasn't gone far enough. I mean, we'd like the Australian government to take a firmer stance. You know, we acknowledge that the Australian government has, a, you know, is, is supports the, the position of the, uh, the International Court of Justice provisional measures. We, you know, we acknowledge that. We also, you know, acknowledge that the Australian government is now calling for a ceasefire and, 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 and humanitarian aid. That these are all things that are important. They should have come earlier, a long, long time ago, but they, it's a step in the right direction. But we, we believe that gov- the Australian government can take a much firmer stance and holding Israel to account and actually taking meaningful steps to actually prevent the genocide that's unfolding. Um, and I think what we were looking for is is firmer action from the Australian government, similar to the approach that they've taken with the Russians. I mean, Australia has taken such strong action on many different fronts um, against the Russian regime because of their invasion of, of the Ukraine. But just to we challenge you on that, not- the
1: circumstances are actually different. Uh, on October the 7th, there was an attack on Israelis, 1,200 died in a brutal attack. It's not the same as what's happened in Russia and Ukraine.
0: No question that the October 7th attacks um, have led to that response from Israel, but our point is that what has happened since October the 7th and that continues until today is, is a humanitarian catastrophe and Australia needs to actually take a meaningful step to actually prevent that. And I think what what we're hearing from uh, the International Court of Justice and other bodies is that Israel is actually um, is committing um, uh, a, a genocide uh, or is at risk of committing a genocide. And as such, we, we, being Australia, we need to calibrate our response. We can't just say, well, look, you, the Palestinians are brought upon themselves because of October 7th. We have to look beyond that. and now, look Do, at actually do you what think, is though, Israel right
1: had a right to defend itself at all?
0: Well, this is a contentious point, Tricia. Uh, clearly, clearly if, there were, if, there were, if, if there were crimes committed by the October 7th attackers and you know, the Palestinians who actually did launch that, you know, that, that, that uh, attack on October 7th, then clearly they have to also be held to account. But you need to look at the historical context. I know you've heard this before. We're talking about 75 years of occupation, and we're talking about 16 years of the siege of Gaza. Now, Israel actually, through that siege of Gaza, they're actually occupying Gaza because they can determine what comes in, what comes out. Um, we need to understand that the Palestinians have a right to resist, but it has to be legitimate resistance. It just can't be wanton violence. Well, this, this isn't anyone,
1: this isn't a legitimate case of resistance, is it?
0: Um, it is absolutely legitimate for the Palestinians to try to break the siege of Gaza.
1: No, I'm talking about October occupation. the seventh.
0: As I said. I'm not going to condemn the Palestinians for resisting. I'm not going to condemn the Palestinians for trying to break their siege on their territory.
1: So, Sorry, I, I just want to not, be clear. October the 7th, yeah. you're saying you won't denounce that?
0: I denounce any violence against civilians. That is clear.
1: 1,200 people
0: we died. Denounce uh, we denounce, I'm very clear, Patricia, we denounce any violence and killing of civilians what we what we don't denounce very clearly is legitimate act of resistance. And for the Palestinians to rise up on October seventh and say we're no longer going to tolerate this siege, this occupation, that's legitimate. Now, if they've they've done things, if they've done things that is against international law, then they should be held to account for that. That's, I, I don't think we can be any clearer than that. But they, they but have a do right. Do you to honestly?
1: Resist- I don't mean to be rude and interrupt, but are you honestly saying that the October seventh event was the Palestinians rising up? It was it was a terror attack, wasn't it?
0: Well, that's the way it's been. That's the way it's been categorised. The let, let me let, let me let me make it very simple. If the, Palesti- if, if the October seventh attacks was you know the um, Palestinians breaking through the fence um, and you know uh, entering into Israel and there were no civilians killed, but it was you know for example clashes with Israeli army soldiers or Israeli outposts, which actually did happen, then that would be you know, I don't think anyone would have an issue with that. Well, that's no, the, the
1: issue but, is that 1,200 people were slaughtered.
0: As I said, if the October 7th attacks led to the killing of uh, civilians as opposed to military personnel. But it did. Led to but it did. Civilians,
1: it's, un- it's not contested. It
0: did. Well, yes, okay. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll probably leave that because I think there, there are some people actually contesting it exactly how many were killed and how they were killed. But in any case, clearly civilians were killed. And as a, as a result, we're saying that people who've committed those those actions should be held to account. But you can't condemn the Palestinians for actually legitimately resisting their occupation. Is that the, is, that, I think that's a very fair position.
1: Uh, is the Muslim community, the Arab community, uh, now wanting to punish the Labor Party for the position it's taken?
0: I think the Muslim community is saying to the Labor Party, you need to do more, you need to reflect our views, you need to actually take on board our views and you need to take firmer action against Israel because we're very upset. I think, that's, I think that's, that's a clear message.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Pico. Adele Salman is the President of the Islamic Council of Victoria and you're listening to RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories
0: that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.